So I was trying to focus that market. Those people who already had that following, maybe they could come over to my platform, yeah. charge the users X amount a month to access their private feed. You know, yeah. they have a public a feed and a private feed, and then they would make money that way. And it would encourage others to come in because, yeah. you know, X trader, he's bringing his users over. Y trader is bringing his users over and they could potentially intersect. So you could potentially pick up on why person's traders and they could come and subscribe to your uh, stock trade list and things of that nature. Yeah. And yeah. that's the project that I kind of want to get back into school. All right. We are recording today. I have on Forrest Knight. He is a software engineer and YouTuber who tells people about his unique journey into software engineering, as well as what it's like to be a software engineer on the East coast because not everyone works in Silicon Valley. So Forrest, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got this underway. Yes, yeah, we were discussing this beforehand. My inability to understand how a Google calendar works prevented <laughs> us previously from getting on, but that didn't happen today. So, so we're here. Uh, but anyway, uh, Forrest, thank you for taking the time and patience to deal with me. Um, this is a question I always start with, but what are you working on now that you're most excited about and why is that? And it can be your YouTube channel, at work, your own projects, anything. Right now, it's definitely main focus on the YouTube channel because I'm finally getting to that groove where in school, projects kind of come and go and you work more, like a lot some weeks and then a little other weeks. So when it comes to YouTube and your spare time, it fluctuates a lot. Now that you know, I go to work for about eight hours sometimes it's like a little bit less sometimes it's up to like nine hours or so then i have like now i have a lot better scheduling so i can yeah. figure out all right you know i go to work i come home spend time with the wife and then later on i am able to do my youtube record edit and get that underway and i just figured that out within the past like few days actually so i'm really stuck on that <laughs> oh nice so yeah you got like a solid workflow with work and your youtube channel and everything kind of balanced out nicely exactly and i'm still trying to fit in another project that i have kind of going on something with Pluralsight. they contacted mm -hmm. me they want me to do ios courses for them so that's something i'm trying to figure out how to squeeze in but still do my youtube and everything so that's that'll be exciting Oh, wow. And is this, um, are you just going to be doing the content or are you actually supposed to be writing the curriculum as well for these? So yeah, everything from the curriculum, mainly those courses, you know, they could be like an hour to three hours or something along those lines. And, you know, I, I essentially pitch what I think, you know, a particular topic within iOS development that could fit into like an hour to three hours in, into a course. And then I work with one of their editors and someone who works with them in order to structure it over however long it takes me, kind of send it to them, they review it, they say, okay, well, let's change up this, let's do this, let's do that. And then I'm like, okay, I can do that. You know, make sure your mic's doing, there's a lot of different criteria because they're very particular about what goes on their platform. So it's just a whole entire process from beginning to end with a bit of help from their editors and whatnot. So yeah, I'm really that's cool that you get to work with their team a little bit too. That's yeah. I'm sure that's a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Very um, much so. So we, I brought this up a little bit before the call, but uh, you know, you have a YouTube channel where you teach a lot about software engineering and career paths. And there are a number of those um, on the internet. So what do you think differentiates your channel? Cause it's, I mean, it's doing really well. You have a ton of traction, like interactive audience. What do you think uh, makes your channel stand out? 
Well, a lot of traffic came from when I started doing computer science. It started off, really, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to upload. I wanted to <clears throat> create videos and edit and stuff like that. I thought it was a lot of fun. And then I got into more and more into iOS development throughout my computer science journey. So the iOS development, you know, a lot of people really liked me tracking my journey. And then I'm like, what do I want to make today? I recorded a day in the life of a computer science student video. And then, you know, it did decent. And then like about a month or two later after I released that one. And then within that time, I released a video called like, what's in my computer science bag. Those two videos are <laughs> like two of the most highest viewed videos on my channel right now. And it just yeah. really escalated my channel to put in perspective at the beginning of the year, I think I had around 3000 subscribers and at my rate, I'm like, I want to have at least 10,000 by the end of the year. Yeah. I think I hit 10,000 by the end of like February or something like that. So oh, wow. computer science and my experiences and kind of what I was going through, you know, what I brought to class or how I approached class and approach my schoolwork is what a lot of people gravitated towards. And I think that really brought in the traction. Huh. That's really interesting because <clears throat> it doesn't seem like there's any like crazy SEO titles or anything in like the day in the life of computer science student. And that's something yeah. other YouTubers have. So what do you think it was about that video that just got so much traction? I don't know. I did notice that a lot of people that had like day in the life videos, I like to see some of those. Mine, I feel like was structured a lot differently. Some people you'll see like a, what is it? If like a first person view of them and you'll just kind of see their day, they'll play some music. Me, I did it like a vlog style. And I think that may have had something to do with it because kind of around that time, a lot of people were watching a lot of vlogs. So there's already a lot of people on YouTube. And then when they saw something that pertained to them, computer science, they're like, I like vlogs. I like computer science. Let me just watch this guy. And then they subscribed. And then not all my videos are vlogs. Actually, a very few percentage are like vlogs. And when I say vlogs, you know, like, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> kind of going through my day, not like yeah. trying to make it interesting, but they just stuck for the other content that I had and the other experiences that I had to offer. I think yeah. computer science is really, a lot of people are trying to look for content regarding that topic and I was one of the few to provide it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It does seem like it's just becoming more popular overall on YouTube, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I've seen that's a few cool. other people whose, whose channels have been just going way up within computer science oh yeah yeah i think you had one on john fish oh <laughs> yeah man that's that's some next level shit uh no yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cs channels that are going crazy but john fish the growth of this channel is like on another level yeah. i don't know if he's like what he's doing i have no idea don't even want to speculate it's insane <laughs> i've never seen a channel i've never seen a channel go that fast yeah it's wild um, good for him i mean but whatever he's like programming computers when he's like you know i don't know 16 and he got into harvard so i'm sure he can figure out youtube <laughs> that's wild very true <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see he's interesting actually he's talking about all these other projects but um that's cool. anyway your experience though you yeah. also did a bs uh in computer science yes similar to john what was that like and what just could you kind of walk people through your overall journey into software engineering how did you decide you wanted to be a cs major and then a software engineer this is quite the journey so yeah. I'll try to condense it with as many details as possible. Well, okay. a few things that really got me into like the idea of being in the tech industry was one, my cousin, he did front end web development and I just mm -hmm. thought it was cool. Like he taught me to go on Google because this is how he taught himself back in early 2000s. There weren't tutorials or anything like that. He went to a random website. He right clicked 
clicked on view page source and in there he was able to essentially change like hex codes in order to change the color. He's like, oh, that does this. And then he changed something. Oh, that makes these corners round or that moves this button to be over there. And that's how he learned. And then he kind of told me that strategy. So I kind of started fiddling around with that. And then there are a few other things, but one thing that really just uh, threw me over, believe it or not, is I watched the social network. It's a story about Facebook's upcoming yeah. and yeah. everything. And I'm like, that's crazy because you can see what someone can build in their, mm -hmm. in their dorm room. Yeah. Now it's like one of the biggest companies there is. So yeah. it was just amazing to see what someone was able to build with, you know, computer inter internet connection and inside whatever room they have, as long as they had those few, few tools. And that really like drove me alongside, uh, uh, video games. I like to play video games. Me and my buddy actually used scripts and hacked into video games in order to change <laughs> like our Xbox live avatars and give them like yeah. blue skin and lime green hair. <laughs> You know, we held like hundred or 10th prestige lobbies in uh, Modern <laughs> Warfare 2. So that was, that was me when I was younger. And that yeah. basically kept me on track. I actually wasn't even planning on going to college at all when I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. uh, when I graduated high school, I wanted to go work for the power company. That's where my brother works. And that's where my okay. uncle worked. He's now retired. And yeah. that's, it's a good job. That's what I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. then when I got the in-between job, because no, nothing was open at the time, yeah, and, you know, I was going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, making no progress in life whatsoever, just mm -hmm. kind of existing. I realized mm -hmm. I, I want to do something else. And every time I veered off the idea of computer science or programming, I would always veer right back into it. So I veered right back into it. I started going to the community college while I got promoted at that job I was talking about. And that yeah. job, I was traveling around everywhere on the Eastern United States doing work with uh, vapor of sandblasters and, and there's, that's a whole story in and of itself, but sounds like, it. yeah, it really, it really is. But, uh, I did online classes, full courses when I was, uh, or full semesters one, two, about, I think my first three or four semesters. And then I actually went to Virginia Wesleyan. A lot of people don't know this. I haven't really mentioned it much. I went to Virginia Wesleyan college, which is a private college in Virginia. I think it's like mm -hmm. right around Virginia, I mean, Virginia Beach, Norfolk. It's definitely in Virginia. It's either in Virginia Beach or Norfolk. And I went there for a semester. That, I took my first programming class there. Okay. Best programming class I've ever taken. But the whole vibe, and that school wasn't for me. So I went over to Old Dominion University in Norfolk. Okay. And that's where I took a few online uh, courses when it came to programming and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And a few in-person courses as well. And it was just history there on out. I just went on and did my best. Took some summer courses. I took some winter courses. I just wanted to get done with a computer science degree. I didn't really live like the typical college life, if you will. So I just wanted yeah. to learn everything I could as fast as I could and get to the industry basically where I am now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's the best way to go through college. I think more people want that now because they see it's just uh, being in an industry is usually more valuable. Just you just yeah. needed to get that foot in the door. Um, yeah, very true. Man, that's, uh, that's wild. That sounds cool though. It sounds like you're on a mission, you know, the way you describe it, just going to school, like just there, like for work, this is the work. Yeah. This is, this is <laughs> Not saying I didn't enjoy myself, but you know, a lot yeah. of people have that whole, you know, they have a whole nother life within college, like their frat life. You know, a lot of people go party every single weekend. I'm more of a homebody. I like, you know, when I'm out, I'm incredibly social, but <laughs> I choose to stay in and go out more often. So that just helped tie into all of that as well. So, yeah, uh, 
definitely help you get through that quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, okay, you finish up, you started with, with night classes, you, you finish up, were you still, so at Norfolk is where you got your bachelor's of science in CS. Did you get a internship from there out of school or did you have to hustle to get that on your own? Um, I got one internship kind of, I'll say through them because my advisor, a lot of people from particular companies, mostly alumni from ODU, they will email my advisor and say, we have job opportunity. We have internship opportunity at our company, you know, maybe in Norfolk or Virginia beach or Chesapeake or Hampton, what have you. And my advisor will send it to the whole entire CS undergrad list. And I was looking for a job. I actually think I just went over this like in my most recent video, but I was looking for a job in like middle of May towards the end of May. That's like not when you look for a summer internship at all. Oh yeah. yeah. I was looking for then most people have that locked in months and months before. So yeah, I was kind of, I was behind the ball on that one. And my advisor sent a mass email out. It was for an internship at a company who did contracting work. And this contract was at NASA. So I'm like, yeah, that would look good on a resume. That looks like a lot of fun. I look at the requirements. I'm like, I can do that. So, yeah. you know, I got everything. I catered my resume to that job listing. I did everything uh, in, in terms of like a cover letter and things of that nature. And then I emailed the person who emailed my advisor and it went from there. So they helped me get that internship, but I did also get an internship for two semesters at uh, Norfolk Southern. And that was, that was all me. I found them on online. Okay. Nice. Nice. You got a, you have a number of different ones. And the ones that you found online, was that just like jumping on LinkedIn and setting people up or how did that work? You know, I, I should have used LinkedIn more. Uh, now I realize how good of a, tool LinkedIn is and I really should have yeah. u- utilized it but I actually just googled computer science internships and things of that nature and you know it, it generally give it in your area and I applied to quite a few and then I went I think I actually went to the Norfolk Southern website because Norfolk Southern is a, it's a Fortune 500 company it's a very yeah. big company so everybody around Hampton Roads knows Norfolk Southern it's a railroad company and I went over there I saw their like they had fall co-ops, summer co-ops, and I applied for their fall co-op because that was the only one I was qualified for. And that's how I got the job there. So I went on companies' websites and I went on Indeed looking for systems analysts, software engineer, or computer science internships or co-ops. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's good then. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that suggest some people, even if you're not at a school, trying to reach out to local schools to get internships or, you know, big organizations like that because, uh, yeah, they usually have them and sometimes they won't even list them. Um, do you yeah. have any suggestions for people? Or do you ever have any, give any suggestions to your audience specifically for trying to get internships? Yes. Make sure you, when you find the internship, cause finding the inter- internship opportunity, I feel like, I feel like it's easier. You know, you can go to your college career fairs or you can look online and I mean, there's a few other ways to go about it as well. But make sure you, you cater your resume to their job listing because if you can do everything on their job, but you just have a resume, you know, how people say, you know, take your resume, give it to this company, give it to that company, give it to that company. You want to cater your resume to the job that's being offered. If, you know, something has to completely do with systems analysts, they don't really care what I'm doing over here as a, you know, with C++. I mean, they may, but... I'm saying I would talk more about my SQL skills than my C++ skills on my resume. I think that's what a lot of people kind of 
don't realize they apply to 50 places. They only hear back from one. It's because you gave the same resume to all those people. You need to cater it to their job listing. Hmm. Yeah, that's such a great one. It I've uh, helped a few people with getting marketing jobs and yeah. it blows me away that like they'll have this stock resume that has just like maybe been updated in the last three years and they're just going to blast it out to every company. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, I mean, that often might work if you're looking at, you know, two web development firms working with the same technology stack, like, yeah, you might do that. But it's like, yeah. if you're applying to these wildly different jobs and you send out the same one page or list of highlights of your experience, uh, no, it's not going to work. That's, that's a good one. Do you, do you generally give a lot of career advice to your audience? I want to get in. I mean, I had some questions about specific stuff later, but uh, what do you try to help your audience with most? I guess, like what is the forest night YouTube channel? value prop for your audience who's your average uh, audience member my average audience member started off to be ios developers but i think more so now are computer science students or people aspiring to be computer science students as well as people aspiring to be software engineers who even don't want to go the computer science route although i don't have experience that way because i went the computer science degree route yeah um, i can give like my two cents on my experiences and that's something i try to really touch on on my channel is like I don't know everything. I know what I've been through. So I'm going to give you my experiences, what I learned, what I did wrong. So a lot of people say, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes. Well, I want you to learn from my mistakes. That's why I tell you all my stories. So all of these mistakes that I made, you can hopefully take that and not make those same exact mistakes. So that has to do with things when it comes to computer science, like what we were just discussing. And now I'm hoping to get more into back into iOS development because I'm actually getting back into that now because time has allotted and then yeah. a bit more into software engineering as a whole and kind of just the ideas around that. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, uh, I think that's pretty, pretty useful and I don't think it's bad. I know there's a lot of channels that emphasize being self-taught probably the most I've seen, but I don't know why people make it out to be less glamorous to go get a degree. I think it's pretty awesome, especially given the state of, education here in the U S people talk about how, you know, you go to school and you learn all this stuff that you're not going to use. Yeah. I feel like computer science is still like a hidden gem at college because you can literally go there and get enough skills to at least be able to teach yourself any other additional things you'll need to actually get like an awesome job. That's and exactly right. It surprises me that more people aren't pro <laughs> CS degrees because I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of great coding boot camps, and there's a lot of great self learning programs. But I feel like a lot of employers like to know that you have that that breadth of like systems knowledge, software mm -hmm. engineering knowledge. You know, even if you're just going to be working on mostly front end or whatever. Yeah, um, most definitely because it it shows that you can learn how to learn. Because if you're able to learn all these different things, theory based or practical within computer science degree, you're able to learn whatever they're throwing at you at the job. Especially considering at most jobs, it's around the same area, you know, front end web development or back end web development, that's all within the same area. You may be learning different frameworks, technologies, languages, whatever, but it's within the same area. And if you're able to learn a little bit out of the whole entire computer science area, then you'll be able to get really good within uh, web development. However, definitely a lot of people, what a lot of people don't realize is they think that people just go get a computer science degree and then they come out and they get a job. People, when they get a computer science degree, they have all of their side projects as well. I mean, you see a lot of people come out with a full on GitHub portfolio 
of applications with whatever they like to do, web development, iOS development, whatever, on their GitHub account and not just things that they completed in class because they are pursuing the computer science degree, but they're also working and teaching themselves. Like I didn't learn iOS development at school. I yeah. learned it online and books, courses, whatever I had on the internet. And that's what other people are doing as well. I just also have this other layer, not saying I'm better, just saying it's not bad. Maybe for the price, but <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, a lot of people have, have done you know well in their careers because of it. Yeah, very true. So speaking of careers in tech, what do you feel are some of the most in-demand skills in tech? It uh, doesn't have to be just like in Silicon Valley, but it can be in tech yeah. in general and software engineering. What do you recommend to your audience? What do you recommend they get into? What do you think is worth learning? So since I like to speak of my own experiences, that includes my local area. So yeah. a lot of places around here do government contracting. A lot of those jobs are Java engineers. So learn Java. Java, one of my favorite languages actually, probably that or Swift for iOS development are either what I'm best at. And uh, so learn Java and C++, build terminal applications with those with Java, work with the Spring and VC. There's a whole lot of different technologies and frameworks that go into that. But if you can build your own Java applications, then you have a good chance of getting into a lot of those government contracts. Nice, that's cool. I haven't heard a lot. I've only had one other person come on and talk about that. Um, it was actually uh, Matt, Matthew Mackay. He's the, he created fullstackpython.com, but he started out doing a lot of government contracting and then switched over to, to more smaller tech companies. But, um, really? Yeah. He had a, yeah. Interesting background. A lot of government contracting. Yeah. It's just not as glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, but it's like uh, a lot of people are in it for the jobs and there's a lot of jobs. Oh there. yeah. There really is. Uh, yeah. So I don't know why it's not more popular. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So talked a little bit about your audience. This is something I usually just ask developers that come on, do you, have you done much open source? Have you worked on any open source projects? Do you do any maintaining for any, any uh, open source projects, anything like that? I haven't worked on any open source projects, never like pulled someone else's project and, or forked it rather and committed code to them. But I do use GitHub quite a bit so and, and Git and Bitbucket and a lot of these, those types of deals. GitHub is really the main deal when it comes to open source. So I'm not very active on that, but I'll upload my projects to that. But other than that, I haven't really participated in a lot of open source work. A lot of people think it's really good, but I just never got into it. So mostly, mostly just your personal projects, man. Yeah, basically just personal projects. A lot of semesters I had throughout school, those projects just destroyed me. So I had no personal time to work on personal projects, let alone open source projects. So. Yeah. Most of the time it was just schoolwork or personal projects. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, so you talk a little bit about too, how you focus on, I think maybe it was one of your videos that said web development, game development, iOS development, uh, those sides of software engineering. So what I guess made you focus on those? I know you talked a little bit about being into games when you were younger and getting into writing scripts for them. Yeah. So, Growing up, I always played video games, so I just always thought it was so cool. You know, I played, when I was younger, 
although I never told anybody when I was younger because it wasn't cool to play World of Warcraft. But when I was younger, I played World of Warcraft. And they had, uh, you know, they had mods. Like a lot of people play Minecraft. I believe they have mods for Minecraft as well. And I, was just, I just thought it was really cool how someone could say, oh, look at this game. All right, I want to make something to make this UI look better or give us a tool in order to complete quests easier. I thought that was really cool. And then the fact of creating actual games, I always thought that was cool. But I really gravitated towards iOS development versus game development or versus web development because it was so focused. Like with those, it's the language, the tool, whatever frameworks, wherever you wish to place that app, it all deferred. When it came to iOS development, you're going to code in Swift. You're going to use Xcode as your IDE and you're going to deploy it to the Apple App Store. So simple. That's why my personal projects are mostly iOS development because I just, mm-hmm. uh, I was just overwhelmed when looking into web development and things of that nature. Hmm. That's interesting. You're, you're overwhelmed when looking into web development just because of all the different frameworks and libraries to use? That's exact, yeah, that's exactly right because there's so many. I didn't know what stack to use. I mean, I sure, sure, I could have picked one, but maybe there's a better way to do this using another stack in that unknowing really just held me back from it. So maybe a bad thing, but I just went towards iOS development and I also thought it was really cool because if I put something on my phone, I never published anything to the app store, but I put a lot of my apps on my personal phone. I could go up and say, look what I made. And I could (laughs) go on my phone, like show my mom, show my dad, give them something tangible to look at that actually looks good instead of just like, hey, look at this um, Java terminal application. not as glamorous like i made a hangman terminal application but it's just like it's just in the terminal window it's black and white or if i want to make the font green cool but it's really just that when i have some type of app that anybody could have on their phone i thought that was pretty cool so that's what gravitated that way versus anything else yeah no that totally totally makes sense the terminal app is certainly not as much as a showstopper as the iPhone app. <laughs> Just like, look at what I can do with the command line. Uh, cool, 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 cool. I get that. Uh, and then the frameworks thing. I can see that because if you're going to invest hundreds or thousands of hours into getting good at it, mm-hmm. just trying to decide on like what, what the hell you should use and not having a clear answer online, just having like people arguing in forums. Yeah. That's, a, that's, yeah. that's sort of frustrating. <laughs> Very um, much. Yeah, I've had some of my friends that are engineers be that. Like when I was learning some of this i'll be like what, what's the best to learn right now and they'll be like oh just learn this or like just learn that yeah, <laughs> this is what's going to be the future it's, it's like ridiculous <laughs> that's um, another thing a lot of a lot of emerging softwares came within a lot of different uh you know web development or a lot of different areas of software engineering as well but mm-hmm. ios development after swift came out you know apple created swift so they're going to update swift they're not going to replace swift with another language that wouldn't make any sense so you know that Xcode and Swift are going to be consistent as long as people are still using iPhones. And from, from my, my research, people are still using iPhones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my preliminary research indicates. Yeah, yeah for sure. iPhones aren't going anywhere. Uh, yeah. So side projects. Okay. In college, you didn't really have time for many. Do you have any big ones now? Do you have any entrepreneurial projects you're thinking about working on maybe in the future? Yes. And that takes me back to to college. So about, I don't know, maybe between when when I actually was when I was at that NASA, that NASA job, uh, internship rather. And I had a whole job that I had to do there throughout the summer. 
supposed to take three months. I could see myself doing it within three weeks. So they literally told me to slow down. I didn't want to work slow. So what I did is I worked in sprints. I worked, I worked, worked. And then I like kind of sat back. And when I sat back, I would watch videos. I would watch videos on YouTube. And that's what got me into YouTube. So YouTube served as a side project during school. And then when I got into iOS development side of my YouTube channel, you know, I was tracking my progress of learning iOS development. I had this big goal of creating this stock market social application. Um, there's this, there's one out there right now called stock Twitch. It's essentially okay. Twitter, but strictly for um, stock tickers, the stock market and people it's essentially, you know, you have Twitter, the, that ticker and it has a whole entire page on that, a feed on that rather where people comment about Twitter, what they think it's going to do. It's kind of people kind of BS and they give their opinions instead of their, their facts. Yeah. So I wanted to fill a gap in the app market. Whereas a lot of people online, you know, these stock market people, they would essentially tell everyone their trades. Let, let me take a step back. People say me, I want to be a stock trader. This guy's good at stock trading. I want to see his trades. And a lot of people, although they shouldn't try to mirror good stock traders trades in order to try to see the same results as them. But it's okay. also beneficial to see what stocks other traders are looking at that day based on the volatility and, and the gaps and, and things of that nature. So I went to create an app that those stock traders could come to. And I wanted to build the community in order for them to have all these stock traders post their stock trades throughout the day as they happen. So boom, I just bought Twitter because you know, day trading, it's very fast paced. Boom. I just bought Twitter. It's going up. Uh, I, I want to sell it around this. If it gets under this, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to sell it for a loss or whatever. That's a whole other thing to get into for the, the stock market and whatnot. But mm -hmm. I want to create that application that kind of helped people see others trades. I just wanted a hub for it because I, I was one of those people who wanted to see what other people were trading. So why not create an app where everyone can, you know, converse. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. It seems like that'd be something extremely valuable, but wouldn't people like not want to put their trades out there? I feel like it'd be so hard to get anyone to post if they're like some secretive trader. You know? Yeah. Well, the secretive traders, they wouldn't be on there, but there are people yeah, who yeah. literally have businesses by selling their courses. Yeah. And then they have a monthly subscription where people will literally pay a hundred dollars a month to be in this chat room and they watch, and trade. watch, watch this person trade. This person alerts them on their trades. And then everybody in the chat room lets each other know about their trades. And you know, you put yeah. out a watch list in the morning. So I was trying to focus that market. Those people who already had that following, maybe they could come over to my platform, yeah. charge the users X amount a month to access their private feed. You know, yeah. they have a public, a feed and a private feed and then they would make money that way and it would encourage others to come in because yeah. you know x trader he's bringing his users over y trader is bringing his users over and they could potentially intersect so you could potentially pick up on why person's traders and they could come and subscribe to your uh, stock trade list and things of that nature yeah and yeah. that's the project that i kind of want to get back into school is what really overtook me on that and yeah. now I say that's, that, that's what I want to complete first as my first big app that I want to publish on the app store. 
It's okay. just finding the time outside of YouTube because that's definitely one of my priorities and outside of work and outside yeah. of family time. I'm married now. So, you know, <laughs> got a busy <Yeah>. schedule. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a busy schedule. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So do you have a name yet? I'm, I got to keep looking for this app. See when it comes out. Do you have, do you have a name for picked for it or not? I'm not sure. I have a, I have a thought of one, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I have a thought of one call it Demeter, which I think it's under like Greek God mythology. I think Demeter was like the mother of the wealth God. I'm not too much into Greek mythology, but yeah. I'm horrible at naming things. Hence yeah. why my YouTube channel is my name. Cause that was easy. Yeah. I'm yeah. horrible at naming things. So I'm like, that's cool. You know, it has to, it's the mother of wealth. And then this app has to do with wealth and that. So I'm like, Demeter. Maybe that'd be a cool name. <laughs> that is. I like it. You gotta snatch up that URL. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. No, that's cool. I'll have to, you know, I'll have to I'll have to up in a few months to see if it's you're starting back to it. Yeah. Um so uh I just have a couple more questions. Uh one is do you have any crazy success stories from anyone in your audience? Or do they give you any testimonials like your channel cured me of cancer, or like anything? They got a job, something like that. Somebody got an internship because your channel. <laughs> I've definitely had a lot of people who are very thankful that mm -hmm. me sharing my experiences have really given them inspiration. Like my last video, I was just going through the comments earlier today. A lot of people have been commenting how you really inspire me to just keep on pushing through, pushing through, pushing through throughout my computer science degree. It's not an easy degree to obtain. So no. when they get down to the dumps and they realize like, or they not realize, they think that they aren't cut out for it. I'm there to say like me coming from my background, you know, throughout high school, I, I dug ditches, I did landscape and that's the type of work I did. You can also complete your computer science degree if I did it. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are very thankful for that. I'm not sure if I've forgotten any who have been like, thanks to your help. I got this iOS developers position because for me, a lot, a lot of my videos have to do with topics when it comes to the overall picture instead of tutorials on something specific. And I know a lot of people who do iOS development tutorials, they have a lot of people who can reach out to them on Twitter and say, thanks to, you know, Brian from let's build that app and Sean Allen, he has iOS development channel. You just helped me um, get this iOS development job because when I was working on this app, I went and found your channel and that really helped me complete my app, which helped me get this job. I've had many of those, but the comments that I do get with people sending gratitude, definitely well worth it. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so that sounds like they'd go to those channels for a specific technical problem and maybe they'd go to your channel as like the gateway drug to keep them on the path to becoming a computer scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like your videos. They really did have a different, uh, a different flavor from a lot of the CS channels. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Two more questions I have. One is, I thought this was a super interesting topic. Not sure if it had any the same similar meaning for you, but it was a uh, coder versus hacker uh, for yeah. jobs. So, what is the story behind that video title, and what do you mean by that? What kind of jobs are you focusing on in that video? So, yeah, that video I really tried to. It was career paths for computer science students, and I said in the thumbnail, you know, like hacker or coder, like what do you want to do because there's so many different opportunities coming out of computer science, which 
I think I mentioned in the video, that is the best worst thing that can happen to you because you have all these opportunities, that's good, but trying to decide, that's difficult. You, know, you can't decide, it's, it's really difficult to decide when you have a whole entire slew of opportunities. So it's a, it's a blessing in disguise rather. And with that, I was trying to point people in the right direction, trying to say, all right, if you wanna be a data scientist, this is the basic idea of that job. These are kind of those skills under that. And that's kind of what you need to pursue if you wanna be a data scientist. And then if you want to be a hacker, you know, there are different areas within hacking. What I like to, to reference is pen testing. Pen testing, also known as white hat hacking, is basically when you are hired by a company and you go into the company and you find the vulnerabilities in their system using scripts or whatever tools you have on hand. Some pen testers are what people call script kiddies, where they take other people's scripts, not illegally, but by permission, and they deploy those in order to find those vulnerabilities. But there's also people who develop their own scripts and their own tools in order to hack into the system. And that has a lot of coding to do with that. And then when it comes to coding, there's so many different areas within that. iOS development, Android development, those are the first few that I like to list because that's what I like to do. And then, you know, web development, database development, whatever. And those, I try to go over those in particular and try to essentially give people ideas of what they want to do. I'm like, look, I'm not going into full detail on any of these. I'm just trying to point you in the right direction. That's what that video was all about. Yeah. No, that's cool. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. And it is such a, so many companies need penetration testers. It's weird. I guess it's just not as popular on, uh, maybe not as popular on YouTube, but that was cool to hear you talk yeah. about the different career options. Um, those are the main questions I had. Uh, I'll finish up with this. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have, or you would like to talk about or tell people? Well, I could talk all night, but to make it, <laughs> to, to really consolidate my thoughts, um, I'm really trying to figure out, I'm really trying to get feedback from my audience on mm -hmm. what exactly they want. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to create anything that I don't want. That's why I kind of say, all right, I want to create this, 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 and that kind of topics. One of which is like, you know, computer science interview questions or like software developer interview questions. And I'm thinking about going more into math aspect of computer science. A lot of people have been asking for that. So I'm trying to figure out which one to prioritize and trying to get feedback from everybody to figure out what videos to do first. Cause I want to make those videos. It's just which ones do people want most? I'm here to please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super cool. I haven't heard someone putting, I guess, options like that out to their audience, even though it seems like an obvious thing to do. Um, yeah. And it's very convenient now because you know, it's, easier for me to build a following on YouTube because it's a search engine and you have the, you know, this library of videos, people are able to find you. If I don't post, like I didn't post all month of May and that was one of my better months in terms of subscribers and views because it's a search engine and a lot of people were searching for the videos I had when it comes to Twitter and when it comes to like Instagram, I'm not as good on that. I don't, you know, it's harder to find people unless I direct them from my YouTube. So Twitter polls is really good. I wanted polls and stuff like that on YouTube. So when I was gone for the month of May, you know, cause I was getting married, I was graduating. I was on my honeymoon. I didn't post anything. I actually got access to the community tab on YouTube. So I've been 
doing my best to post, communicate with the YouTube community and hold polls on that. And that's where I would give them those options and, and things of that nature. So the community tab is a, is a huge help and I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good advice because anything with polls online, quizzes and polls online just usually kill it. So that's, yeah. that's good advice to anyone listening. Yeah. And then, I, uh, I, had a, I had a poll on Twitter. You know, I only have like 200 some odd followers on Twitter as opposed okay. to I'm, I'm approaching 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. And on Twitter, I had like 30 or so people participate in one of my polls. I'm like, that's good. I do one on YouTube. Over a thousand people participate in the poll on YouTube. I'm like, that's a little better to say the least. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to continue at least when I need to, to post polls on Twitter. And of course I have a discord or not polls on Twitter, polls on YouTube. And of course I have a uh, discord server as well, where just, you know, the people who are most interested and most delved into the YouTube channel and, and computer science and things, and they communicate with each other as well as myself. And I, you know, try to get recommendations from them as well. Like I didn't know what to title my most recent uh, series, computer science interview questions or software developer interview questions. And I asked them and they kind of said, yeah, I think computer science interview questions would be better because I'm going to focus things that are, you know, for data scientist interview questions as well as um, uh, systems analyst interview questions and things like that, not just software developer interview questions. So the fact the whole entire community is, you know, I'm reaching out to them and they're trying to help me out. It's, it's very nice. And the tools that we have to do that is just a huge plus. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting. You can build a little community where you're really giving, giving people a ton of value, you know, exactly what they want. It's pretty cool. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I, the topic I wish someone would do is like explaining discrete mathematics in like a non-retarded way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like everything about discrete mathematics is written by math PhDs and it's just in barely intelligible English for the average person. I agree. And I took how many courses on discrete math and discrete structures, which is like mm -hmm. essentially a lot of input. <laughs> I did a lot of discrete math courses. Then I had discrete structures mm -hmm. and algorithms where basically I tried to implement everything I learned in code. I'm like, I barely understand what I learned in the class and math. How am I going to implement this in code? <laughs> yeah. So I have been looking into videos like that. I'm trying to give, I just thought of a video that I want to make next two or three videos where I kind of go over conquering math as a computer science student, just kind of giving the overall how to approach it and how not to approach it. Cause that has literally been my most asked for video ever, ever more than anything I've ever done. People are always asking about math for computer science. How do you approach it and things of that nature. So if I can make this broad topic, see how people respond to that and then start to focus on like discrete math or whatever other, mathematics plays into the whole, you know, computer science aspect of things. I think that could be a good path. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool because it's weird. It's like, I feel like a lot of the math textbooks, it's either that they like need to use this high fluid language or there's like certain edge cases in like mathematical proofs where yeah. normal English language doesn't necessarily apply. So they like never use regular English to explain things in like layman's terms. It's, it's the most painful experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I need things described to me in layman's terms. And so <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love that. But um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'll, uh, I'll cut the recording. We can chat after, but uh, okay. Forrest, I, I really want to thank you for coming on. You shared a lot of uh, awesome advice for people. And um, again, your YouTube channel is Forrest Knight. Yes. Forest night. night for anyone watching, go check him out on YouTube. And yeah, Forrest, thank you for coming on, man.
Yeah, thank you for having me.